the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and I'm here at your service for the next two hours. If you have a car question or a car problem, maybe you've got an argument at the dinner table about something to do with a husband's viewpoint and a wife's viewpoint, or maybe you're arguing with somebody else. Then, if you can fairly give both sides of the argument, then uh, I'm happy to <clears throat> chime in, and I don't accept tips. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. That's the phone number to come in on. This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Rob and Dan, who own and operate SNS Tire Auto Service in the West Valley. They've been open since 1976. Rob and Dan are the second generation. Their father was the first and opened it up and had a tremendous background in tires. So they're in Peoria, Surprise, and Goodyear. They have a really comprehensive line of tires. So you can go in and they'll take your size and then they'll give you ideas on three different sets of tires out the door pricing, good, better, and best. That's kind of important. It gives you a really nice option as opposed to just walking into one store and having one brand. So no matter whether you have a wheelbarrow or a tractor, everything in between, they can balance your new tires. They do alignments and suspension work. So SNS Tire in the West Valley, it would be a good place to visit if you need tires and give them a chance to show you that they know tires. SNS Tire and Auto Service Peoria Surprise and Goodyear. Okay, I want to vent, and so you get to until you call in, you get to hear me. We talk about oil a lot, and it's important to understand that oil is oil, and it all is set to a minimum and acceptable standard. And there's only four companies in the United States that actually take oil out of the ground and process it to engine oil, Mobil, Shell, Phillips 66, and Chevron. Now, what does that mean to the rest of the people? Well, they're buying their oil, and they just put it in a different bottle with a different label. So I know that there's lots of oil out there that one of them is a multi-level marketing kind of thing where you have the king um, who sells to his five or six um, associates, and they sell. Each one of them has a group of people that buys it. But that oil isn't made in a factory that that has the name on it. That oil is not anything special. That oil is the same thing you could buy in a whole bunch of other cans at a whole lot less money. It has to do with where did it come from. So Motocraft is oftentimes made by Kendall. And Kendall is oftentimes made by either Mobile Shell, Phillips 66, or Chevron. Some places take the crude 
and make a variety of oils and that happens when you get the same oil coming down the chute with a different label on it so it's okay to shop price it's okay to shop price with oil some of you may take issues with it and i understand that a lot of us were born and raised in this kind of a of a world and we believe our dad but our dad was back by the 50s and 60s and 70s and of course today we're quite a bit different every year we have oils that become the idea surrounding a new oil becomes obsolete i'll give you a good example big trucks for the last 10 years have used a 1030 oil now 1030 oil is a real common oil was a real common oil but these big trucks go five and ten times further than your car with an oil change because they do a hundred thousand miles a year they may go through a full set of tires in a year or even less and their oil changes can be extended because your car holds five quarts and these things may hold five gallons which is twenty quarts and obviously when you have twenty quarts in your big truck then it's going to wear a lot less because there's just a lot more oil but 1030 now has come out in a variety of oils and it's going to do away with the 540 and the 1540 diesel oil that we put in our light trucks from Chevrolet, Cord, Ford, Chrysler. And and the reason for that is is because there's some savings. And of course, then we got to compound the whole oil question with three different levels of quality. So we have a conventional oil, we have a semi-synthetic or it's also called blended oil and then we have a full synthetic which is the king daddy that's the big dog that's the one that costs the most and does the most and your car will love you and never fail your car will never let you down if you use synthetics all of that that i just said a second ago is not the truth because your car doesn't know what oil you put in it you can you can you can put anything you want in your car and it's not going to care but the difference between those three oils is the difference in price where a conventional oil is going to be somewhere between 25 and 30 maybe 35 let's go 25 to 35 a semi-synthetic is between let's say 35 to 55 hundred mile interval and then the blended oil is up to 7500 and then north of 7500 is a synthetic so you should really pick your oil based on your driving habits if you live in Ahwatukee or in a retirement community and you put three or four or five thousand miles on your car a year, I would suggest you shop the cheapest oil you can find and change your oil in May at the beginning of summer, once a year. During that inspection period and that oil change period, your shop is likely to check the tires, the belts, the hoses, and the fluids. And to ensure that you'll make it the next three to five thousand miles, you know, pretty harmless. They're supposed to look for tough that, stuff that might break you down or cause a concern or something that's obviously wrong and defective right now. So it's really a matter of intervals. So conventional oil, 25 to 35, a semi-synthetic, 35 to 50, 55 or 60, and a full synthetic from 60 to some of your diesel trucks that hold 14 quarts can be $150. But it all depends on how many miles a year you drive. Another example is if you drove 7,500 miles a year, half of the normal. Normal people do 15 or 20. So 7,500, I'd put a blended oil in there. I'd pay 44, 45, 46, 48, 50 dollars for the oil change, and I'd get them twice a year. 
and I would do an oil change at the beginning of summer, which is April or May, and the beginning of winter, which is six months later. <laughs> and you can pick your poison, but basically every six months you're going to come in for an oil change. There's a couple of good reasons. Number one, it's going to be cheaper. Number two, it's going to be better for the environment. And number three, it's what's best for your car. So I don't know if you can dispute that. It's not a good idea to dispute that because those are the facts. But again, that's what it is. It it is time for a phone call. So we'll take the phone call first. Who we got? We have Greg. Greg, good morning. How can we help you? Good morning, Mark. Good morning. I a diagnostic question on an O three Dodge Ram truck. Okay. Um, it's it's the Cummins five point nine with a six speed manual. The uh, uh, hundred about one hundred seventy thousand miles on it. The clutch. I, I don't think it's a clutch problem, but when I I pushed in the pedal, I was sitting at an intersection and had it in second gear, and and it automatically it, it engaged. Um, the gear and um, the pedal went all the way to the floor. The clutch pedal went all the way to the floor, and there was no pressure in the pedal. Um, is that a master cylinder? There's no leakage under the truck of fluid. Um, the reservoir is full, topped off, um, but it stays in gear now, and I uh, can't drive it. Okay. Well, I'm glad that we talked about the reservoir and stuff because what you're telling me there is is it's got a hydraulic activated clutch. Yes. And if the pedal went to the floor, then the slave or the master went bad. And at 170,000 miles, um, you could spend a lot of your time and you could spend money with a shop trying to determine which one it is. But the most cost-effective way is to buy both and install both. Okay. 170,000 miles, you've been around the world seven times, and you've pushed that clutch pedal thousands and thousands of times. So more than likely what you're describing, it could be that the master is bypassing, which doesn't create pressure to apply the slave, or it could be that the master is creating pressure, but it's bypassing at the slave. So the question is, is where are we bypassing pressure? And I suggest you no one cares. So I would just get the whole system. Well, it's in your best interest to do the system. Now, if you want to do one or the other, the the question really becomes, how are you going to determine whether it's the master or the slave? And right now, for sure, you have a problem. So if you were to open the bleeder and you had pressure, that would suggest the slave's bad. But if you have pressure, why isn't the slave working? So if you open the bleeder and you had no pressure, then and that's somebody holding the clutch pedal to the floor, assuming you can right. even get a, a firm pedal, um, then the question is, is, well, if I don't have any pressure, then it sounds like a master, but in reality you can be looping that pressure all the way through the slave. So um, I, I'm telling you not as a guy who's trying to sell you both. I'm telling you not as somebody who has an axe to grind or is the radio show's prompted by Beck Arney that makes those kinds of things in a hundred other companies as well. I'm just suggesting it's in your best interest to do both. Otherwise, you're going to spend twice the time traveling and twice the time working on the car right. as opposed right. to just doing them once. And if I were you, I'd just get on the internet and uh, and shop some pricing and look for a name brand that you recognize 
and then find out what the warranty is and find out who's going to take care of the warranty or who's going to be the middle person on a warranty claim. Sometimes they'll okay. send you to a shop and say, hey, you do business with us. Hey, Salem, you look at this guy. He installed it. It's a DIYer, and he installed it, and make sure that what he's doing is right. Because if the arm is moving and the uh, the throat bearing has been pushed through the fingers of the clutch, there'd be a lot of noise there, so we know that's not it because you haven't said a word about that. No, no noise. Okay. So that and there is no there's no other than you bleed it that's the only duplication if you did the slave first and the master first and then you had to do the other one you'd have to bleed it twice but whenever you bleed it i want you to push the pedal slowly to the floor and then release it and count to three or four or five and then slowly to the floor we want to give the time in the piston inside the master cylinder to return to neutral so if you get in there and you start pumping the clutch pedal like a machine gun, you're going to spend the rest of your life bleeding that system. Yeah, so I would avoid air. that. Well, if I buy the whole system, Mark, I won't have to bleed it, correct? No, no, you have to because it comes in two sections. You've got a line in between the two of them. So you put the All master right. cylinder on first, and then you're going to bleed it. And then, well, you can leave it the way it is. That's what we do. Then we put the slave on it. And, and attach the line, and then we'll put fluid in the master cylinder and just slowly pump the pedal. You have to have patience. Here, think about this. The plunger at the pedal pushes in all these cups that create pressure. So we push them into to an area they haven't been before. So as we let go of the pedal, the plunger comes back, but the piston doesn't. Right. It comes back right. slow, 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 slow. So if you get in there and start fanning the clutch pedal, you won't have any pressure, and then you'll think I lied to you. You'll think you got a bad part. So just now, is it a secondary question to it, Mark? Is is it was also recommended that if if I'm coming close to needing a new clutch because I'm at 170,000 miles and I want to upgrade to it because I tow a lot of trailers, if I want to upgrade the pressure plate and the clutch, I have to have a master cylinder that matches that. Is that correct? You know, I don't I don't That's agree that. with that, but I don't um what are you thinking you're gonna have to take the clutch out in order to affect this transition? This slave? No, I don't think I have to take the clutch out. I just don't want to later on I, I called the shop and they told me, Hey, let's just upgrade your clutch because of the amount of, of heavy towing you do, but you've got to have a master cylinder to match that system. So you're either going to do the whole thing up front and let's just put the new clutch in or or you're going to put the master cylinder in, but trying to anticipate that upgrade. Is oh. that necessary? Oh, so somebody has a crystal ball, huh? Yes. So somebody can anticipate what's going to happen next? Well, and let me get this straight. Goes, You've been then... hauling a trailer for a long time, 170,000 yeah. miles, six times around the equator, and he thinks... He's going to do better than that? What are you trying to improve upon? Doesn't it kind of sound like that maybe his interests are in front of yours? I and why so. would you do the clutch? And, oh, my God, let's think about this. And forgive me because I'm emotional about things like this. The, the, two, the master and the slave may take two and a half hours. May. And that's assuming the slave's external. Right. Oh, it is. so let's talk about, is this a four-wheel drive? It is, yes, sir. Yeah, well, why don't you go ask him what it's going to cost to do the clutch, turn the flywheel, and the clutch and the pressure plate and the throb bearing. Why don't you ask him how much? So where's the savings there? Is there a duplication of labor? 
No, other than the fact that we have to disconnect the line to the slave so that when we slide the bell housing out, or you can actually unbolt the slave from the bell housing, you don't even have to open up the system as long as nobody pushes a clutch pedal and blows a slave apart. So the duplication of labor is insignificant. So, no, I don't agree. Okay. I think this heavy-duty clutch and this heavy-duty master cylinder is not something that I've ever recommended, and I've been in this business for 39 years, and I'm a master tech for the last 25. So that's nothing I've ever done, and that, and I hope to heck my, my client or my, my staff has never done that. But be, to be honest with you, I have so many, and so do other shops. My parts guy's going to hear, I want a heavy-duty clutch, and I want a heavy-duty master cylinder to do the clutch. He's going to say, no, we're not going to do that. And then here's another thing. We have a pressure plate, and he's going to put a heavy-duty clutch in it. We're using hydraulics to disengage the clutch. Push on the slave, push on the throb bearing, and, and hit the fingers of the clutch, which disengages the clutch. So the question would be is... What kind of pressure is my system going through right now? What kind of hydraulic pressure am I creating right now? And how much more am I going to create with this heavy-duty clutch? And ask any, ask anybody if they know the answer to that question. Because here's the deal. The slave is on a fulcrum. So it's, it's a pivot point. So the arm pivots. So you push on this end. That end goes forward. So there is a mechanical advantage over nothing. So I've had my say. Good luck to you. Thank you very much. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. And the lines are wide open. Gil answers the phone. Say hi to Gil, and we'll get you on just quickly as can. We'll be right back. Phoenix Body Works is a family-owned and operated collision repair facility that opened in 1982. That's over 35 years ago, helping family and friends with their collision repair needs with unparalleled honesty, integrity, and quality. We have grown into the finest collision repair facility in the Valley of the Sun. We are located on 19th Avenue, one half block north of Deer Valley Road. We're open Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. and on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 12 noon for estimates. Give us a call at 623-582-1434 or visit our website at www.phxbodyworks.com, view our YouTube video, or read our Yelp reviews. Remember, it's your vehicle, and you decide who repairs your vehicle, not the insurance company. We work with all insurance companies on your behalf and eliminate the stress of dealing with the repairs. We are not beholden to the insurance company. At Phoenix Body Works, we work for you. There's no question you need omega-3s. But which form should you take? Fish oil or krill oil? Scientists have debated this for years. Luckily, there's a new solution to satisfy everyone. It's called Krill Omega 50 Plus. It combines ultra-pure fish oil and joint-soothing krill oil together in just one tiny pill. It's so powerful, it can promote the health of your heart and your arteries. And if that wasn't enough, it can also boost your joint comfort in just days. We're so sure Krill Omega Omega 50 Plus will work for you. We'll even send you a free bottle to put to the test. The debate is over. It's not fish oil or krill oil. It's both. And now it's free. Just pay $4.95 for shipping and claim your free bottle. Call now. 1-800-679-5745. 1-800-679-5745. That's 1-800-679-5745. <laughs> Twenty-three minutes after the hour of ten o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, 
And let me tell you about Strictly Diesel real quick. Strictly Diesel is up in the north part of town. He's right off the intersection of Pinnacle Peak and I-17. Nate is Strictly Diesel works on Chevys, Fords, Dodges, foreign, domestic, light duty, truck diesel trucks. He knows what he's doing. He's really good at what he's doing. And you only need to meet him to understand that he's got your interest in front of his own. So if you have a diesel question and you've got the story starts out as nobody can tell me what's wrong with it or no one can fix it, may I strongly suggest that you stop by Strictly Diesel, talk to Nate, and see what he says. Now, I can't commit that he's going to do a bunch of diagnostics for you for free, but maybe for the first time you're standing in front of somebody who really knows what they're talking about. Real quick, mechanical advantage. We talked about this last time. Mechanical advantage is this. you got a beer in your left hand. I'm going to give you a beer popper, and I'm only going to make it an inch long. So you're going to have a tough time popping the cap off, or a can of bottle soda pop. But if I give you one that's 10 inches long, boop, the cap comes off the bottle real quick. That's called a mechanical advantage. A hydraulic advantage is I push the pedal, and I create, and it takes 10 pounds of pressure to push the pedal, but downstream I get three or 400 pounds of pressure. So there's a big difference because what goes in, which is slight pressure, comes out as heavy-duty pressure. So the clutch, it takes advantage of both of those, both a mechanical and a hydraulic advantage. So basically you're pushing your pedal in and out. But what you don't really understand is what's going down there in the transmission is a big, huge push. Let's go to the phone. Sam, you're up next. How can I help you? Hi, Mark. Uh, I've got a 2005 Toyota Highlander, and it's got... 150,000 miles on it. I want to know about the struts. Do well, it's, it's the original struts. I have never changed them. Okay. So, well, a, if you forget the mileage, um, I mean, that's what I would do, forget the mileage. I would look at tire wear and see if there's any indication of abnormal tire wear that can be directly related to struts. That's number one. Number two, I would look at the strut to see if there's... Wetness is not a problem, but if there is leakage, some kind of oil leakage. And then I will also listen for a noise. So if you go over a speed bump abnormally fast, is there any clunking going on in the front end that can be directly attributed to struts? I want to tell you that struts are a high-profit idea because we get to replace the struts, and usually we're going to ask you if you want springs, and it's in your best interest to do a spring and strut assembly because they're matched to one another. And then we're going to get to align it after that. So there's a lot of people out there that need struts, and they've come with one of the symptoms I just described to you. Okay, so uh, you say after you replace them, if you replace the, what they call them, a quick strut or something? Well, you're going to either replace the shock absorber within the assembly, or the shock absorber comes with a spring, and that's the, the second part of the equation. If if your ride height is supposed to be eight and a half inches off the ground, and you're sitting there at six and a half inches, then the spring is somewhat collapsed. But if it's eight and a half inches off the ground, and you're at eight and a half inches off the ground, I probably wouldn't put springs in it. Okay. Well, what I'm getting, getting at also is, do you buy the spring and shock as an assembly, like they call them, quick struts? made by Monroe or somebody like that? You're just using a, a terminology created by some manufacturer. So quick strut, it's either the strut or the strut and the spring. So let's not okay. get tied up in semantics. Let's talk okay. about the real thing. So it's up to you. 
and 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 if you're going to do it yourself it's not that tough of a problem. You have to get the car kind of up in the air. You're going to have to bust the lower control arm loose, drop it down, slide the strut out, but you have to align it afterwards. So that's the only thing you're probably not going to be able to do. And if you do that, you better have a spring compressor if you're not going to buy the springs because you need to compress the springs before you put them back on. So you right. can rent a spring compressor if you want to do it yourself. All righty. Okay, and another question I had was about the uh, rotors on the same vehicle, front rotors. Uh, what is a good quality rotor? Napa or CarQuest or... I think Bendix, Raybestos, Akibono, um, those are the the big major brake manufacturers that I use. Okay, would they they cost me an arm and a leg to get that brand of rotor? No, or I wouldn't be selling it. No, or I wouldn't be selling it. Okay, I mean... So, I I mean, your CarQuest rotor, again, there's no factory that makes CarQuest and Napa rotors. They don't have a factory. They buy them from everybody else that makes them. So you're going to pay a premium because they don't get a good... They're not from the manufacturer forward to the end user. There's a whole lot of people in the middle. There's a whole bunch of money changing hands. That rotor might, in an exaggeration, might cost five to, from the distributor, from the manufacturer to, to level one. And it's going to cost you $75 because everybody's going to step on that number as that rotor goes from this area through this place, through the warehouse, through the jobber, through the WD, through the installer, and then to the retail person. So there's, I mean, you can shop price if that's what you want, but I don't sell CarQuest rotors and I don't sell uh, Napa drums. I'm buying for where they're buying from. So... Anyway, thank you very much, Sam. And Tom, I'm not going to be able to get to you this time or Bob, but if you'll just stay with me. I've got about a three-and-a-half-minute break, and when we come back, Tom, you're first, Bob, you're second. Anybody else want to get in line? We've got five lines open, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Every Saturday, 10 to noon, we're here talking about cars right here on 960, and you're always welcome to join us. My email address is mark at marksalem.com. You can ask me an email question anytime, seven days a week, and I'll get back with you. Did you know Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Raintree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint and it's waterborne paint so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. You need a plan as you get closer to retirement. A plan that will take you from where you are now to the retirement you've always dreamed about. The first step on that path is to tune in to Retire Financially Fit with Phyllis every Saturday morning at 8. Your host is Phyllis Sachs-Pilvinas. She's the founder of PSP and Associates. You only retire once, but Phyllis helps people retire every day. Don't miss Retire Financially Fit with Phyllis every Saturday morning at 8 on 960 The Patriot. 
When I have an asthma attack, I feel scared. It's like tiny nails in the air poke my lungs. I start to cough. Sometimes I, my parents have to take me to the hospital. Today, one out of 13 children suffer from some form of asthma, accounting for nearly one third of all emergency room visits. I feel like I'm choking. It's kind of like an elephant is on my chest. A little whistle sound comes out when I breathe. But while your child may suffer from asthma, asthma doesn't have to make your child suffer. There are simple ways you can prevent your child's next attack. To learn more, call 1-866-NO-ATTACKS. That's 1-866-662-8822. Log on to www.noattacks.org or call your doctor. Because even one attack is one too many. I feel like a fish with no water. Brought to you by the EPA, the Ad Council, and this station. This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. We are just under 100 days from the November 6 midterms, and Republicans are in much better shape than most prognosticators had imagined. The president's brand of political hardball upsets many in the GOP. It even unbalances more than a few. With his commitment to originalist judges and a sizable military rebuild are two of the most consequential aspects of his tenure. The economy's cooking with the promise of a long stretch of economic growth above 3% ahead. Electing Democrats to a majority in the House or the Senate at the height of that party's lurch to the left would be a disaster. Impeachment, demands for massive income tax hikes, while also throwing the military rebuild into reverse. It's critical for Republicans to unite solidly behind Republican candidates. Yes, even if you loathe the president, vote Republican. I'm Hugh Hewitt. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate leadership degree, offered on its most beautiful campus. About that demon, 33 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock, and true to my word, we're going straight to the phones. Tom, you're up first. How can I help you? Morning, Mark. How you doing? Good, good. Question on antifreeze coolant. My car owner manual says I must have FL22. Uh, seems like it's kind of like the oil thing there where all different grades, different names, call okay. the same thing by different names. Okay, what kind of a car is it? It's a Mazda. It's a 2016 Mazda, okay. and they've got right on the radiator a FL22 sticker, and then the book calls for that also. Okay. Well, there's a law called the Mag- Magnuson-Moss Act, and it started with the Eureka vacuum bags and Toyota telling everybody they had to use a Toyota filter. And what it says is is if you if you demand that in order to use your product that they have to use your product, then you have to give it to them for free. So I can assure you that you can get on the Internet and you can yeah, query FL, and it's going to be in there and a whole bunch of stuff. And I'll tell you, one of the things that we use all the time is a universal coolant, and it's amber in color. So it's not red, it's not pink, it's not blue, it's not green, and all of them have different colors, and they're supposed to distinguish on which car there are, but that's craziness. I just went to a coolant class the other day. And they talked about two different kinds of coolant. And there is a, and then the, the two different is this coolant A covers 99.8% of all the cars out there. And then we got coolant B over here that covers 2% or something like that. So we're using a general a- 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 amber colored universal. But I'm sure you can find the answer if you just look at, if you go down to the auto parts store and just look at the back of the coolant, they'll all tell you what they cover. And most of them are, most of the universals will cover everything, especially from a brand, you know, like Prestone or something like that. All righty? All right, thank you. You're welcome. Bob, you're up next. How can I help you? 
Good morning, Mark. Plant on Saturday is around listening to your show. Oh, um, thank you. 2000 Saturn, she had it wrecked oh, quite a while ago. They repaired it. The passenger, no, the driver's door they replaced and some of the other stuff there. They weren't able to replace, uh, apparently they didn't, the door lock. So in order to unlock that, she has to go in the driver's side, reach over, and unlock the door. Solutions, please. Okay, well, wait I mean, a minute. She has, to go in the, she has to go in the passenger side, I'm sorry, okay. and reach over and unlock the, the uh, uh, she just corrected me, of course, okay. no, <laughs> and unlock and... the driver's side. All righty. Um, well, let me ask you a question. Does it have a remote uh, button that no. unlocks it? No. It's, so it's no. only a key. Right. Okay. Well, more than, and, and I'll bet the key when you stick it in the driver's door and you turn it left and right, I'll bet there's a different feeling than in the passenger door. And here's what happens. The key has an arm on the inside of the door, and the arm has another arm that goes to the lock mechanism. And more than likely, at one time or another, these little plastic clips that hold this mechanism together, they they rot, and your car's 18 years old. And chances are she drives down the road, and she locks and unlocks her, her, her door like every three or four times a, a mile. So she's just worn out the mechanism. So this is all her fault. It has nothing to do with the body shop. But what needs to do is the door panel has to come off, and somebody has to go in there and fix it. And I well, would say... Well, they replaced the door panel. And when they replaced the door panel, there was a new lock. They had a new lock on it. That's the problem. They didn't okay. put the old lock back on there. So the key doesn't fit the lock? Right. Well, okay. it'll go in, but it doesn't do anything. So Okay. Well, then you can uh, take, I, I don't know of any other way you can do it other than take the lock off the door and okay. take it to a locksmith and have them make it to match the key that you have. Match the key, okay. Now, who, is it too late? How long ago did this all happen? How long ago did this happen? How long ago did the wreck, and did he ever replace what? Five, six years. Oh, I was going to say yeah. go back to them and ask them if they still got the yeah. door and stuff, but no, that that's all you got is is yeah, now you, here's something else that could happen. You could make a key for the driver's door. Yeah. That wouldn't fix that wouldn't fit the passenger door. But there's locksmiths out there that could make a key without taking the lock out. They could make okay. a key for the driver's door. You might explore sure. that. Just have two keys then, yeah, because that's yeah. the one you use the most, the driver's door. Exactly. So. And if she's used to, if she's used to crawling over from the passenger side to the driver's side, then then there's no reason why you can't crawl in from the driver's <laughs> side to the passenger yeah. side. Yeah, right. Unlock for her, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All righty. How did I do? How did I do in this family fight? Did I make it better or worse? And it's okay to tell me the truth. No, in this family fight, make it better or worse. <laughs> She's laughing. <laughs> okay, that's what I. That makes me happy. Yeah. Tell her thank you for laughing. All right, thank you very much for Thanks, calling. You bet. Um, let me tell you real quick about parts and and folks. I'm not the most important guy in the world, not even at my house, but I am surrounded by people that I know and trust. I'm going to give you an example that you're just going to floor you. There's a guy in Indonesia that has a factory that makes every motor mount for every car. They say that perhaps he doesn't cover 2% of all the cars. He sells that amount to anybody that shows up at his door for $8.50. Now, there's going to be somebody in the United States to sell that amount. So they have to buy a, they have to find a buyer in Indonesia to buy it. So that buyer is going to take a percentage of that $8.50. And it might, just for instance, it might go to the next guy for $10. Now we got to ship it. 
So we got to ship it to the United States. So from there, we're going to have a shipping charge associated with that part. Then from there, it goes to a warehouse. From there, it goes to a distributor. From there, it goes to a jobber. From there, it goes to me. And from there, it goes to you. So by the time that $8.50 motor mount gets made, I'm going to buy it for $75 and sell it to you for 100 See how that goes? Now, here's what's going on in our industry, and it's got everybody's panties wadded up pretty tight. And Gil says I have to take a break, so you have to wait for the rest of the story right after this. Let's face it, we love Alexa, and we love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. But she could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the Patriot Phoenix skill. After she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the Patriot Phoenix. That's all you have to do, and Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what's your favorite radio station? That's easy. Intelligent Talk, 960, The Patriot. Now you have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Automotive was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online directory. They're proud of their A-plus rating. Thunderbird Automotive has ASE certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Automotive offers a free courser inspection on every vehicle, the same one that some charge $49 for. They now offer a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have to stop in to Thunderbird Automotive at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird, just west of the 101. For more information, visit them online at ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Or drive right in at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird, just west of the 101. Darren College, a former NFL Super Bowl champion, signed the most important contract of his life to serve in the Army National Guard. I've had a lot of military in my family. It's a big part of what uh, my family's done for a long time. I'm, I want to go out there and make a difference. I didn't find that working behind a desk, so for me it was a pretty easy decision to make. And then the opportunity to serve my community and serve my country was just icing on the cake. To learn how to be part of the Army National Guard, log on to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Arizona Army National Guard. Aired by the Arizona Broadcasters Association and this station. Are you tired of exposing your retirement to stock market risk? How would you like to participate in stock market gains but never stock market losses? Join James and Brandon Herbis for the Safe Money Radio Show here on KKNT every Saturday at 2 p.m. and Sundays at 1 p.m. And you can also call James and Brandon now for your free customized safe information money kit and a 115-page safe money book at 844-371-SAFE. That's 844-371-7233. They just told us right away that we're going to house you, we're going to feed you, and every single one of his medical bills is just all taken care of. They've saved my family from financial ruin. It allowed me and my wife both to focus on the most important thing, which was the health and well-being of our son. We have phenomenal research, outstanding clinical care, and the generosity of public which allow us to treat patients regardless of what it takes. And that's what makes St. Jude so magical. At St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, families never receive a bill for treatment, travel, housing, or food because the only thing a family should worry about is helping their child live. Doctors send us the toughest cases to be treated at St. Jude. And our patients come from all over the world. When we come here, they told me, don't worry, everything's been taken care of. 
We could never repay St. Jude for what they've given us. Because of you. Gracias a ti. Because, Because of, of you. you. There is St. Jude. Hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and I'm proud to be a book person. How do I choose a book? Sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual. If a book's really impressing me and the writing is really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is. Because the endings of books should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person, too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress, and the Ad Council. 44 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock, my name is Mark Salem, and we were talking about a part that was made in Indonesia and that is shipped over to the United States and ends up on your car, and we were talking about all the different places that part stopped. Well, here's the end of the story. There's a very rich guy in the world, and he just bought that factory. Now, he also is buying up a lot of auto repair shops throughout the United States. He's taking that $8.50 motor mount and he's bringing it to warehouses that are going to distribute it to his auto part, his auto repair shops. So, now think about this, folks. The guy that made it sold it to somebody for $8.50 and then he sold it to somebody for $10.50. Under the best of conditions, under the best of conditions, you'd be able to double your money. So, if you bought something for $20, you sold it for $40. Okay? Well, All along this food chain, from Indonesia to a warehouse in Phoenix that I would buy from and sell to you, everybody's stepping on this little dollars because they they might have a thousand mounts. So if they make a buck a piece just to touch it or say it's mine and pass it on, that's pretty good. So he's going to buy this mount for eight dollars. He's probably going let's say he has three times or two times that much in travel expenses. <laughs> so it's at twenty four dollars. He's going to sell it to his shops for. $48. So he's going to double his money. But in reality, remember, he still bought it for $8.50. He's got a little bit of travel expenses there, but he's going to sell it to the shop for $48. And again, it's $50. The shop's going to sell it to you for $75. Now, he's going to pay his technicians um, nothing. He's going to pay them a salary because he's making a huge profit on the part. And because he's paying them a salary, he's making all the profit on the labor. That's completely thrown my installer industry into chaos because the guys I buy from are scared I'm going to start buying his motor mount. Then there's all kinds of people that are already standing at the door to buy that, and that guy has motor mounts galore. He's got them for all cars. So if he gets into the business and he's into that motor mount for, let's say, $24, he can still sell it to me and double his money, and he sell it to me for $48. I'm going to sell it to you for $75. So as we look through all of this money, we're talking about millions of dollars. So the industry is just wide open right now. And, and as a matter of fact, there's a guy here in town that's accepting between two and four cargo containers every day. And he's selling millions of dollars of auto parts over the Internet every day. And he's getting his directly from the maker in Indonesia, China, Japan, South America, wherever. So this is going on behind the scenes. And I think, I think there's a lot of turmoil. And I think a lot of guys have their underwear wadded up over this. We've seen something like this before where we have consolidation and then it blows up. So I don't know what's going to happen. But this guy, this real rich guy, has been buying up manufacturers of parts. And so now uh, it's... 
it's a big deal. So that's what's going to happen in the parts arena. But for the time being, as a consumer, and as you deal with guys like me, it'll be seamless. A year from now, it might be different. I think for a year from now, the customer is going to benefit because it's going to be cheaper. But there's going to be a lot more money made on the front side because the cost is so low. So I think everybody, before it gets into your car, is going to make more money because there's going to be less people. This is my opinion. And this is according to guys that are involved in this transaction. Phil, you're up next. How can I help you? Hey, Mark. Love the show. And uh, before I do house chores, I told my wife I had to call you. Okay. <laughs> um, 2011 Honda Accord. Okay. Uh, the, the temperature gauge. Um, my wife said, hey, I noticed some blue liquid in the driveway. And a few days later, I'm driving down the freeway. The gauge goes all the way up to high. I shut the air off, crank up the heater. It went down to get me to my place and back home. And then I checked it into the, my mechanic. He uh, said, hey, yeah, your temper, temperature gauges, uh, one of them's bad. And by the way, your uh, water pump is, has a little leak. So we replaced the water pump, one temperature gauge. Um, it used to always ride at about a third high on the temperature gauge as long as I've had the car. Now it rides at half, and it keeps rocketing up to about three-quarters every so often. Is that normal? Or, yeah. you know, did I uh, had a wrong reading for years and years at a third? Well, and now it's at the proper reading, but it's spiking up to a quarter in, in stop-and-go traffic. Okay, but that's I mean, three-quarters. Okay, okay. It's not fair to say it's spiking. That's it. Every car made since 1996 is supposed to run half to three quarters. And okay. what's happened in your car is, is you had two problems. Number one, you didn't have the fan cycling on and off. And that was probably the temperature switch that turned on the fan. And that would cause it to run however. But then in addition to that, you probably had a thermostat wide open. And the thermostat's job is to control the heat. So I want to assure you from the bottom of my heart that half to three quarters is normal. And not only that is, is if you come to a stop, you might experience closer to three quarters. And as you take off from the stop or as you get on the freeway, the temperature could come down because of this, the volume of air going across the radiator at 60 miles an hour is substantially more than this little bitty fan can suck air through the radiator when you're at a traffic light. So, okay. I, I'm, okay. and, and let me just tell you the good news. The good news is, is your motor's going to last longer, between half and three quarters. Your oil's not going to thick up like petroleum jelly because the water hasn't been boiled out. And you're running at 220 and higher. And so here's a tough question. When does water boil? Ah, got me on that. 212 or 100 Celsius. So if we never boil water out of your engine oil, then water and oil equal sludge. And in the 70s and the 80s, we had lots of sludge. Sometimes we'd take a car apart at 40,000 miles, and in the oil pan was two inches of jello, black jello. So we now know that if we get the oil up to 220, then we're going to boil the water out of the oil. It's going to go through the PCV valve and out the tailpipe. So today we take cars apart that have 300,000 miles, and they don't have a paper's width of sludge in the bottom of the oil pan. And that's why today our cars are going three and 400,000 miles, where in the 70s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, we had cars that were lucky to make a buck and a quarter. So there's okay. no problem. And the, and the problem, it probably caused the wide fluctuations. Either the fan was bad, that's the temperature switch he replaced, or the water pump was leaking, and as the coolant got down to a critical level, it's going to make the needle go up a lot. So no harm, yeah, no okay. foul. Right now, you're in good shape. And and you know something else? Your shop did a good job. I don't know who they are, but how they treated you and what the end result was impresses me. 
Okay. All right. Well, good, good deal. Thanks for the reassurance, Mark. You're welcome. Mike, you're up next. How can we help you? Hey, Mark. Hey, my son's got a 2007 Hyundai Santa Fe, and his alternator was bad, so we replaced it. Now, since we replaced the alternator, um, basically his uh, idle uh, ohm meter is 14.2, which tells me the alternator is good. But when we put a load on it with the AC and the lights, it goes down to 12.4. And then when I had him rev it up, it was only at 12.8. So okay. th- that's kind of below standards, I believe, because he's still having problems with his battery not charging properly. Well, let's talk about the symptoms. What does that mean, his battery's not charging properly? Well, okay, my son lives in Mesa. I live here. He says, Dad, my car wouldn't start. Had to put it on the trickle charger. That's the only information I got out of him. Okay. Well, I I don't agree. I agree that 14, north of 14 and 14 and a half is a normal volt uh, volt reading at the positive and the negative battery terminal. I agree mm-hmm. to that, but it's true that if I turn on the headlights and turn on the wipers and turn on the air conditioning, I'm going to drop the voltage, but then I still got to load the alternator, so I got to bring the RPM up to a respectable amount, 2,000 to 2,500, so I got to bring that back up. I don't know that you can appropriately test the battery and the alternator with the digital voltmeter because we need to look at the diode pattern and we need to look at the amps. So we'd want 10 to 30 at idle, and we'd want whatever the alternator says on the case. If it's a 45 amp, it'll say 45A. And so when we load the battery and fake the alternator out, then we should seek pretty close to 45 amps. So I, I'm I'm not sure um, I, I'm not sure how you got to the alternator side. If his battery's dead after you put the alternator on there, then we have to determine if the alternator is defective, if the battery's defective, or if the trunk light is on. So there's some work that needs to be done, but most shops are going to be between 35 and $50 for a complete uh, electrical analytical test where we look for shorts and draws and we look for idle voltage and idle amperage and, and rot, throttle up voltage and throttle amperage and all that kind of stuff. So I think that might be a good investment. You can certainly try your auto parts store, but of the big full-scale inspection that I just quoted you 35 to $50 for, they're only going to do one or two of the many steps that the rest of us would do just because they don't have the skill level to run the equipment that we do, and they don't have the skill level to interpret the results like we do, my industry of the repair industry that's in the business you know, all the time. So I think right. it's time now, to probably... You can, you can do whatever you want. If you want, you can guess, and here's the guesses. Do the battery next, and if that's not it, then warranty the alternator, and if that's not it, then you can spend 35 to $50 to find out the trunk light's on. Right, and I think that's the direction because I had him replace the battery first, and then I said, okay, yeah, it's your alternator because it wasn't even reading anything coming off the uh, at the startup. So we did that together. Now, he lives over there at uh, Val Vista and... Um, uh, uh, superstition, Val Vista area. Okay. Is there a shop around there that I can send him to? Well, I take him to Thompson's at Stapley and Main Street. They've been okay. around since Jesus was a baby, and uh, they they're capable of doing the electrical test. So he just calls yeah, them and I says, think, "I think he's got a short in it somewhere." Is well, I know, but don't tell him that. I'm because, not. <laughs> I, you, you know, you, he's going to go over to Thompson's and says, hey, you know, I think I got a short in it. Thompson's going to look for a short, and he's going to spend a whole lot of money chasing his tails. You just say, I have an intermittent dead battery, and as you can see, I got a battery and an alternator in it. Can you probably tell me where the problem's at? 
and and you didn't run a volt drop test to see if one of the cables is dirty or has a bad connection. You didn't check to see if all the grounds were there. You didn't check no, to see I if did. the alternator I, I, has I, the I, same ground as the battery. Um, so those are all the tests that that really do need to be done, and and that's the can. best way to handle it. Ten four. Oh, ten four. Right. One more quick question before I let you okay. go. I got a two thousand Ford Expedition, and yes, it's Ford. I already okay. know where you're going to tell me on that one. Oh, I'm uh, just the, teasing you. <laughs> the the Blindor valve. Um, when I have my AC on, it, it switches between the defrost and um, then back to the, to, the, to the vent. And it does it whenever it feels like it wants to do it. Is that just a bad Blendor valve? Well, it's, until you go in there and, and dig it out, you don't know. There could be a piece of tissue that's been sucked down from one of the defrost vents. There could be half of a jack-in-the-box taco in there. There could be a big dead bug that got squished. It could be that the blend door itself. Now, the blend door opens and closes, and when it hits the doorstop, the amperage goes up, and the computer says, okay, you're closed. Well, what happens if the if the if there is no amp? That connection's bad. So there's a diagnostic process before the repair. So the answer is, is you can go buy a blend door and stick it in, but if you've never done one before, you're going to figure yeah. out that it's a whole lot cheaper to have somebody else do it. Trust me, I already so, know that. I've seen what yeah. it takes, and I don't want to dig into there. Yeah, just have a go diagnosed, and just look at them and say to them, is this a guess or a fix? Now, he may say, I need to get in there. But if I'm going to get in there, depending on the year, I mean, your expedition's 14 years old, so exactly. you know, I, I think I want to bid the blend door. And if I get in there and find a bad connection, or I find a you know a, a, a soft a, a fast food wrapper in there, then I'm going to call you up and say, what do you want me to do? You want me to clean this area up and take the wrapper out and give it back to you the way it is with the exposure of this turning ugly? So what do you want me mm-hmm. to do? You want me to put a blender in it or not? And and then when we get in there, usually a good seasoned technician, once we get access to it, he'll know what's wrong with it. Okay? Well, got to go. Every, every time I – all right. All right. Thanks. thanks. All right, Greg, you're up next. What can I do for you? Uh, Greg dropped, so the lines are open. Oh, I'm sorry that uh, – Mike, I, I thought I had another caller there. Um, I, I, I'm going to finish up real quick with an article in the paper, and, and, and this is a trade magazine. You've got a guy, you've got a lot of consultants that go around and tell us how we can make a lot more money, the auto repair industry. These consultants come in and they pick your business apart, and they tell you you need to do this and stop doing this, and you pay your text this more or don't pay them this or whatever. And they, they do all this fancy stuff, and my question has always been, if you're so capable of running a shop to the top-notch level, if you're so capable of getting double-digits net profit, not gross profit, but net profit, if you're so good at what you do, why are you as a consultant? Why aren't you making three, four, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000 a year running your own auto repair shop? Oh, you went broke twice? Oh, it was someone else's fault? Oh, oh, your wife's dad yanked your financing? Oh, I got it. When we come back, I'm going to read you something that's going to drive my point home. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.